Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A Thousand Tiny Tantrums. Hi. This is season two. We'll call this season two. It's season two prelude. Uh, something like that. We yeah. took a bit of a break mm-hmm. um, after the WandaVision, WandaVision coverage. Yeah. Um, and we're back, and we're yeah. going to stay back. Uh, for the foreseeable future, because I have patrons I need to yeah, keep happy. You do, you do have patrons. And I guess they're kind of my patrons by proxy. I mean, I help with a lot of stuff. They don't pay you, though. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they should. <laughs> Sorry, I was fussing with some audio buttons. Buttons. Anyway, so... Pushes mine all the time. T- today's <laughs> podcast... Um, We'll be returning to our, well, completing our normal yeah. format of titles uh, with next week's episode, mm-hmm. um, which will be uh, going back to the, the Star Wars titles. That'll be when season two officially begins. This is just a nice little thing because we had some thoughts about something and we weren't going to put them in a video. So we're like, we should just get this out here. Yeah. Um, and you should speak louder or put the microphone closer to your face. Okay. I'll put it closer to my face. Because you're sitting there over there whispering. Um, so yeah, the next episode will be like actually episode <laughs> seven. And this episode is episode XXX. That's what this episode is. Episode X. <laughs> um, because we are talking about kink at pride. Yeah, it's a bit of a hot button this year. I don't know why it's a hot button all of a sudden. It just came out of nowhere. Like, people are still dying from the coronavirus, and there are these people with sticks up their asses who are like, I don't want my child to be exposed to somebody well, it's, in it's the It's not just straight people. It's a lot of people within the queer community. Like spe- I said sticks up their asses, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, what about, what about, what about uh, ladies who like ladies? They can put stuff up their butts. LLL. Ladies who love ladies. They can, lesbians love putting stuff up their butts. Do they? It, it it feels good. I mean, for some people. Why am I the bottom who hates bottoming? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. I'm, I'm not a bottom, but I am a sub. Yeah, so you, you know about kink. We were actually going to do like a proper episode about, mm-hmm. specifically about kink. And we have yeah. a friend we were, we were going to bring on. That's not this episode. This episode yeah. is specifically about the sort of cultural nightmare that has become kink at pride. Yeah. And there are a whole lot of passionate arguments about this. And the most passionate ones are kind of in the vein of like, why is this an issue? Uh, why are we talking about this? There are an abundance more important things that we could be talking about. And... I don't know. We're here to talk about how basically it's all kind of connected and it's all a problem and it's all indicative of a much darker trend that's kind of looping over uh, queerdom as a whole. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, last year there there was no Pride Parade last year. No. Pride stuff last no. year. This year there is, but where we are, it's been uh, pushed until August. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Which last year during June, like, it was brutal. Not last year, two years ago. Um, it was brutal during June. Like, there were people, like, they had to cancel one, uh, they had the puppy pride parade um, for actual dogs, not... Um, they had to cancel, oh, right, because it was too hot. It was too hot. Right. But you work for pride that year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the year I did, yeah. I've always had kind of an ambiguous 
opinion of Pride. I've always been kind of a little put off at how corporatized it is. And this was before this, this was when I was very much, you know, like I want to be rich and, you know, mm-hmm. corporate and I'll vote conservative when I have money, like that kind of asshole. Um, when I was going to worry, I did threaten to disown him. I I've, I've just come around in my ways. <laughs> um, probably because I threatened to disown you. No, give me the credit, please. I think you need me more than I need you. <laughs> I'm I'm currently about to start when we're done of this I'll start editing a video that Nick wrote 90% of so <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you got more words out of my draft than you added to it maybe actually. <laughs> um but yeah so let's start off I uh, what what is your opinion on well first pride of all we should general? kind of broach the issue of what's what people are talking about because we've been speaking about it in vague terms oh yeah i guess we should explain um, it. you can explain you know things in most modern pride parades I will in sip water north america and um i don't know why don't you sip the tea um no we're here to spill tea we're here to sip water um that actually is him sipping water he's not just adding that in post um <laughs> Like in most modern Amer- North American and probably European pride parades, I don't know about Mexico though. So, you know what I mean. Um, Western, Westernized pride. I don't like I saying West though. Well, that makes it know. seem so, you know, Western because like calling it the West is very geared towards a Eurocentric vision of the world, which isn't necessarily true. Relative to China, America is East. Well, China doesn't have any pride parades. So, yeah. Relative to Japan, America is East and Taiwan. And I don't know if Japan. Korea. Anyway. Yeah. Um, there are usually floats and demonstrations and, you know, a presence in these pride parades for people who engage in uh, kink behavior, usually homosexual men who engage in pup play. And pup play. Not usually. I mean, for, for decades, it was just, you know, guys in leather harnesses. I'm, I'm talking about like this has been like a that. thing forever, but like, you know, it's not every pride parade that's going to have one of these floats. No, but it's, yeah. it's a pretty regular thing that mm-hmm. you'll at least have some kind of presence of men in men and women in leather. Yeah. Maybe they're on bicycles, mm-hmm. dikes with bikes, like yeah. that whole specifically thing. Specifically, like this, though, is kind of rising up around the topic of specifically leather guys, like muscle guys who wear. Uh, who show up to Pride Parade wearing their leather harnesses and their puppy hoods. So who engage in pup play. Um, and pup play itself is a subsect of kink that there is a great grand diversity of variants in how this is expressed. Um, so I actually, what I've seen, at least online, is it's it's not focused on pup play. It is just generalized really i thought like it started harnesses i thought it leather. started with pup play though it might have but it what i've seen online is a like leather rubber um anything that has to do with fetish play mm-hmm. and i mean which, like yeah. it, which is like okay well you know if someone has a fetish for like i have a fetish for um sports socks like knee mm-hmm. socks soccer socks kind of thing if someone's wearing those, well, that's fetish play, but not to you because you just think of them as soccer socks yeah, or football socks or whatever. I mean, like socks. my fetishes are a little bit more um, difficult to find in real life. So, <laughs> but um, 
so it's kind of generalized fetish play, fetish gear. Okay, because I stuff. thought it started all with kind of like uh, people involved in pup play. I thought that's where it started. No, I think that's just where your head is. Um, <laughs> no, that's the, when I when this started. Those were all the examples that I saw. Well, because those are the most prominent examples. Mm-hmm. Because okay. really, when you look lately, when you look at a pride parade, when you see someone in leather and harnesses, they probably have a pup hood on. Yeah. Um, and I, I think one. that's more. I think that's kind of grown. As someone who's not really, um, I guess, a member of the kink community, I think that's something that's kind of grown in the gay kink community. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of the gimp hood, it's become the the puppy hood. The straights took fisting from us. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's only a matter of time. Um, Um, But, you know, there are straight people who do engage in pup play and pony play. Yeah, pony play. um, I think that's more popular in straight communities. Maybe because um, that's in this in um, Anne Rice's novel *Beauty's Punishment*, the second book in her *Sleeping Beauty* series, where men have horse tails shoved up their asses. Not their not front. actual horse tails; they're butt plugs with you with know, horse tails. Yeah, yeah horse tails. Uh, and they have to. The hor- nor, nor horses were harmed in the writing of this novel. No, and it's never been adapted. So, <laughs> um, and it would cost way too much to make it as a porn. Um, so I mean, you know, like they did, it, they did the Pirates of the Caribbean. Way group. more than that, <laughs> um, like Game of Thrones money. Jesus, but um, yeah, so that's been around in, in, within straight circles for, mm-hmm. although it was a, a gay storyline. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, fed, kink has been a part of Pride since, since the beginning, the literal beginning, like and, leather gear and, stuff and like in that. In case you haven't told, James and I are both of the disposition that this stuff um, not only belongs at Pride, but is an important part of our community and is significant for kind of pushing out into public to dismantling Puritan ideas of sex being at home. And we will talk about why this is an overarching issue as we go on. But right now we want to talk about what is kind of like happening. Yeah, so um, basically, and oddly, this is co- this is coming from younger people, mm-hmm. which is shocking me. Because when I first heard about it, I was like, fucking boomers. Yeah. And that's the first thing I thought of, or like Gen X or something it's like that. It's such like, a boomer-esque mindset. And yeah, I, don't, like, I don't... You know, I save the children kind of thing. I didn't know where it was coming from at first, but we talked about it. And you had some really interesting ideas about how this is coming around. Yeah, Um so it's it's for the majority the people who don't who feel uncomfortable about it are late millennials and early Gen Zers. So like the early twenties, like, yeah, mid yeah. to early twenties seems to be where it's kind of focused at people who they might be having kids already. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but I they're saw that really I uncomfortable. <laughs> they seem to be really uncomfortable with the idea of kink being a part of pride because they have this concept of pride as this family friendly event. Mm-hmm. And my theory behind this is that because these are people who, you know, I was kind of the, I think I was kind of the first age group to really in the, in the, with the gay community to really grow up with the internet Yeah, to really. Um, but it was like, I remember going into, chat rooms and forums and Mm -hmm. stuff like that when i was a teenager like it wasn't like it is now there was no such thing as social media yeah um and so i would go into you know like yahoo chat rooms to try and meet people and i've been you know my first boyfriend i met in um i forget what website it was but it was like a you know a a gay teen meetup forum it was a it was a forum um and 
that's and then when I got older, you know, I, I went to some gay bars and stuff, but it, I'm not a fan of bars in general because I don't drink. So it's I'm kind of yeah, not great a, there. Yeah. The one time I had kind of a drinking episode was at a gay bar and I don't remember. I remember going in. And I don't remember anything else, but I remember waking up with someone in my bed um, the next day. Bad Valentine's Day. Anyway, <laughs> so my th- kind of thought process is that these people are the, the generation after me. So they're. Mm-hmm very on they were online from the very beginning yeah and because of that they never had the gay bar experience where you Mm -hmm. walked in and you saw guys in leather gear because you saw the way that our culture used to function was exclusively out of these meetup places gay culture yes yeah gay culture like queer culture queer queer culture culture, yeah like you went to gay bars to meet other yeah you went to bars clubs houses balls if you were in the right city yeah um and so they were the first generation these late millennials early gen zers for whom it was all online Mm -hmm. and because of that when everything is online when everything is social media you can very much curate what you want to see and so you know they were seeing the queer content that they wanted to see and that they were already comfortable with so they never got exposed to the other elements of the community that are there like the fetish community the kink community um uh even to some point uh, to some extent drag queens like there's a lot of uh people i've seen in younger ages and gen z who are uncomfortable with drag queens uh because it's you couldn't see in that their opinion their <laughs> drag queens delegitimize transgender people which is don't even we, get we've had that, on dis- that not you james and i have had that discussion but like that discussion has been had in culture as a whole yeah uh, just in terms of the way that gender is performative in a way that you know culture is not yeah. and peppermint exists gottmik exists drag mm-hmm. does not delegitimize trans people yeah um but so they they came up in this very curated online culture where you know kink and fetish stuff didn't necessarily exist in their world and so now when they go out to a pride parade that is the whole community and not just Mm -hmm. their little curated section of it yeah they are like i don't like this i don't feel comfortable with this i have not been exposed to this i don't want it around me yeah the big the big discussion i've seen from that is the kind of idea of these people saying i did not consent to see you wear that. Yeah, the consent thing is Which a, is a that big part that's of it. the one that really kind of tipped off to me that this is a problem. There is a problem that is developing in this community. Because when you start using language like that, I didn't consent for you to wear that, you are getting into a line of rhetoric that was used to persecute our community. Specifically our trans community, people. And not just trans people. Women. Yeah. Like I did not consent for you to wear a a skirt that showed your ankles. Mm-hmm. Or, or even like even earlier, I didn't consent for to see you wear trousers. Yeah, like like it, you know, like the, this, like you I do think not what trousers. Meant like, for and, and I think this is a matter of uh, once again uh, coming up through. I, I hate that the whole safe space thing started with our generation. It did. Um, that's when it really started to get get traction and protecting feelings. And you know, to an extent, people's feelings do need to be protected. But the world is larger than our individual experiences. Well, and that's the thing. There, there, there's an argument, a very valid argument for safe spaces mm-hmm. oh, being that you know, your your school, mm-hmm. your college, your your places high school that you need to go to a safe but, space, yeah. meaning that no one is going to attack you for who you are. Mm-hmm. But a safe space should not be somewhere where your ideas are cha- mm-hmm. are not challenged. Yeah. Uh, like your opinions. Mm-hmm. Because like you can, 
see and but then you get into the problem of well some people say that being you know gay or trans is a uh, is a choice and therefore you know in their opinion it's like through scientific fact and stuff just eh. well not just that but like in public spaces you have every right to challenge someone's opinion. That is part of being human. Uh, we well, yeah, do. We, we, we exchange ideas. We modify ideas based on our dialogue with other individuals. And I'm seeing this as kind of a a a, a, a bigger thing. Like it's 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 funny because you know conservatives mm-hmm. will rail against the safe space idea. Yeah, and then at the same time, demand it. Exactly, demand it, and I mean liberals are the same way. Oh yeah, um, where liberals will say, you know, we need safe spaces where people can feel but, comfortable discussing their ideas and stuff, and then say, I will not talk to you. Mm-hmm. I will not acknowledge the your ideas on tax regulation or yeah or yeah. environmental stuff. And I mean, you know, environments. The only the only conservative argument I'm willing to have is taxes. Um, that's the only, in my opinion, that's like any kind of um social thing or scientific mm-hmm. thing no but taxes yeah i'm willing to, I, I'm willing one to thing go i there. love about politics just while, while we're talking about social and um uh, scientific stuff is that conservatives routinely always decry actors like how dare you step in and have a uh, a, a political opinion You're not a politician that's elective but politicians will routinely make scientific statements they are not scientists yeah all the time. Uh, but, but anyway, back to the kink. Uh. <laughs> so, so, like, this is a much, you know, like, th- I think this is a matter of uh, people not, uh, queer people not coming up through social circles, through mm-hmm. having their social circles being... Uh, Very curated. I don't think it's curated, but being dictated by power structures. And it's actually um, interesting timing because I just finished a book, um, Let the Best Man Win by Z.R.L. Orr. Uh, mm-hmm. Totally worth reading. should definitely check it out. It's really... Uh, it's a great book if you're into flawed protagonists. Um, but the main character... The best kind of protagonists. Uh, the main character is a recently out trans man in high school. And he's kind of, against his will, forced into a gay-straight student alliance. Mm-hmm. where oh, spoilers, he, Spoiler alert, by the way. No, this isn't like the first 50 pages. Oh, okay, Jesus. Um, where he's kind of forced into a gay-straight student alliance so that he can kind of win votes for Homecoming King. And... Um, is kind of forced to deal with the fact that you know, like non-binary people exist and things like that. And it's, it's he's he's not like oh my god, I hate non-binary people from the beginning or anything like that. But it's just a an interesting kind of like you have an idea of what identity is, and then you're forced to realize that there are other identities. And, and I feel like with very online people that doesn't happen because you've created your bubble. Mm-hmm. But what I mean by like it's curated, it's been dictated by power structures means that when you're in high school, um, it's not you deciding what the safe space is. It's not you deciding what the components of those space spaces. It is authority. Uh, yeah. It is teachers. Um, and I find I, I found safe spaces were created within um, queer circles at the beginning so that people could share their experiences without being attacked. Yeah. Um, and so that people could share these experiences and discuss these experiences and not necessarily question their validity. 
But the problem with the way safe spaces have been adopted into more generalized terms is that they're being moderated by people who do not need these safe spaces. So people of privilege are dictating the terms of these safe spaces and then deciding what does or does not qualify as safe space material, mm -hmm. which is going to naturally create a situation where people are not challenged. Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to pass blame on young these kids these days uh, because I know plenty of younger people who are very vehemently arguing for the inclusion of kink in these communities. Oh, me too. Um, like, especially like the, I, I still don't know what word to use. I hate using the word fans, but people who follow my YouTube friendos. Okay, friendos. <laughs> people who follow my YouTube channel and stuff. Sorry, I've named them friendos. Thank like the younger audience, they don't seem to be the ones who mm -hmm. are saying like mm -hmm. keep the kink away from kids. Yeah, and so I'm like, who is this? And I'm just I'm imagining that it's, I see you know, it it's, online. It's I gay. Just, for some reason in my head, and I, tell me if I'm wrong, I see it as straight allies mm -hmm. and gay women who... No, I see gay men in there too, like white other gay are, men. Okay. No, no I, I, I haven't seen them because it's all like profile pictures and avatars and stuff, mm -hmm. but I can see privileged elements of the queer community siding with this because... That's, our, that's what I'm saying. Our, condition into, our conditional acceptance into straight circles is predicated based on accepting straight values. So these people are, these younger people are echoing these straight values because their acceptance in these privileged circles depends on it. So yep. the parroting of these values isn't necessarily anything that is aligned with what the community is, but rather, uh, or was, or has been, or will be, but rather a sort of push for this to be what the community is as dictated by straight people. Um, and just, you know, you want to get into the surface level kind of thought process for why this is bad. You have um, queer spaces that are suddenly being developed exclusively for the purpose of entertaining straight people, which yeah. is really messed up. Well, yeah, because then you have... I mean, like, you know, there are a lot of people who are kind of turning on Drag Race for that reason. Yeah. And I mean, literally just within an hour ago, shot a video where we kind of talk about this. So mm -hmm. I don't want to go too much into detail about it. But there is a, and there always has been, but it's I think it's more noticeable now, a, a feeling in the queer community that cis men and women mm -hmm. and allies mm -hmm. dictate what is and is not allowed in the queer community mm -hmm. and for a very long time kink has been like straight people who are who are into the kink scene were the first people to come on board of, of they were, gay pride the first like allies in the, 70s. the first allies they were the in the first 70s. ones to come to the not pride to raids. mention the original pride organization which then sparked the advocate magazine and then oh, no, the advocate was out before pride no pride uh, it originally started as a newsletter within the organization and they broke away shortly after due to differences specifically because the founder of PRID, PRIDE, uh, would show up to uh, organization meetings wearing kink gear. Uh, the original purpose of PRIDE, I'll just say Pride, uh, the original Pride was to expose people to non-heteronormative sexual lifestyles. And in the process of exposing people to this would normalize it and, you know, expose people to more things. You know, it was the 70s, sexual liberation. Right. Um, right. <clears throat> and so kink has always been part of the community. 
And now that we have found a monicum of straight acceptance, conditional straight acceptance, that isn't permitted anymore because that is not heteronormative or hegemonistic. But the thing is, the thing that's really confusing me with this is two things. Mm-hmm. Why now? And it's like you said, like it, it doesn't fit the the heteronormative. It, mm-hmm. straight people do it too that's mm-hmm. what i just said straight kink people were the first straight people to come on board other than like you know the the moms and stuff come on board to support the queer community and pride parades and stuff like that in the 60s and 70s that's and, why i changed my tone and said instead of uh heteronormative i said hegemonistic okay um because hegemony refers to the overarching zeitgeist body of uh prevailing culture yeah um but what I'm trying to wrap my head around, like I said, is why now? And just like I, I want and, the and lack that's... of historical respect, uh, not even respect, just awareness that seems to be if if this is all coming from, you know, the late millennial, early Gen mm-hmm. Z generation, the people in their, you know, say, let's say 20 to 26. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is all coming from them. Why is there such a lack of queer history so that they can see what a pride parade is in context? That a pride parade is not just there to be like, ooh, got the the kind of meme guy in the rainbow clothes. Yeah, um, him. Like, that that's not the only thing that pride is. Well, that the- that is a part of pride. And pride is also, you know, the is also P-flag. You know, parents and friends of lesbians and gays. Pride is also drag queens. Pride is also twinks grinding on a on a float. Muscle with a, bunnies with a pole. and drag Muscle queens. queens and, and drag queens and, and kink guys and dykes on bikes. And not just that, and, but also respectable community members. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and lawyers and, mm-hmm. and doctors. Well, and, and just kind of demonstrating that. That's something that's been really big at Pride Parades, not not last year, but the last few years have been doctors and nurses kind of mm-hmm. um, putting together presentations to let people know about prep. Mm-hmm. And so it's and, like, you know, that's, you know, the significant and the fact that those people are there and the fact that these multiple different disparate uh, experiences of queerdom and queer allyship um, exist within pride parades is significant for displaying the fact that this community is not limited to any one specific kind of person. And when you are telling people to not show up or saying that you're not allowed to show up, that you have to take uh, components of yourself and put that back in the closet, that is the opposite of pride. That is telling people that they should be ashamed for being involved in kink, especially insofar as they are not committing any public indecency laws or any public indecency crimes. Let me play devil's advocate for a second. Okay, go ahead. Do it. So you just said, as a community, we should not be telling people, I am not comfortable with your kink. Keep it away from my pride parade. Okay. Cops at pride. Hmm. Okay. We've talked about this before. I will try and dig up my memory file for the argument that I used about this. And before. I'm being like pure devil's advocate mm-hmm. here. Like I am not saying I'm not telling anyone that there should be uniformed cops with their guns. At oh, time. yeah. And, and I, I, I'll i vouch for James. Like he's this is devil's advocate. We've talked about this. He does agree that this is not something that necessarily belongs at Pride. Like um, I think that someone should be able to go to Pride who is a cop and just wear, you know, normal clothes and maybe have a sticker or a badge that says that, like, I'm a cop that supports the L. 
LGBTQIA plus queer community, whatever, mm-hmm. like whether they're gay or straight, they should be able to have a button that says that no guns, no tasers, nothing like that. But just because I feel like that would be really good PR to say if you had like a bunch of cops there like that to show like, oh, there are cops that support the community because mm-hmm. there are a lot of gay, cr- gay and trans crimes that happen mm-hmm. that cannot be solved because they don't make their ways to investigators until months later. Mm-hmm. So like the commu- the 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 relationship and, and this is not a this podcast is not about cops but the relationship between the queer community and cops needs to be fixed and cops need to do the fixing and it's their responsibility to fix it because it's their responsibility to solve crimes and when people are uncomfortable with not cops that, they're not going to go to them when a crime happens but they hold the power in this dynamic yes absolutely essentially. and asking the person with no power to fix the relationship is they don't have the power to fix the relationship because absolutely yeah but like the reason for that is when it's a matter of kink and exposing people to sexual uh consensual sexual practices mm-hmm. that has not hurt people cops have hurt people well there are plenty of people who actually have been hurt in the kink scene and that's why there is a that's why i put the caveat for consent Uh, we can also talk about consent like within the kink community after this i just want to get through this argument um being a cop is not centrifugal to the queer experience no but having a queer sexual lifestyle is yes but asexual not but asexual is but what if your sexual lifestyle is just missionary position once a week for 10 minutes? I mean, mood. Uh, but there was once <laughs> upon a time when doing anything other than consensual vaginal sex with clothes on in the missionary position was considered deviant and perverted. Not so, necessarily with clothes on. I don't know. Uh, once upon a time, doing anything gay, whether it was sexual or not. That's why there's a flap in straight men underwear. So it's easier to get their wiener out. I mean... Um, so they don't have to take their pants out. That's uh, very Mormon. I, I have seen some black comedians comment about that. <laughs> Which I say straight underwear, and anyone listening probably knows exactly what I mean. Uh, I have never seen a gay man in tidy whities Never. Fruit of the loom does not belong in the but, but yeah, in the underwear being, doors of gay Being men, a cop no. is not a, an essential component of the queer lifestyle. And being a cop is not, not something that anyone has been punished for doing, although modern cops would probably argue against that. Probably, but um, not as punished as they should be. But there was once upon a time... But what if your doing, kink is cops? Um, raise his hand slowly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, just as a performative, I prefer not actual cops. I've heard horror stories about gay guys dating cops. Um, a few of them actually, and it's like it no, it doesn't end well. I think it'd be fun to date like an FBI agent, an agent, like not a cop, like someone mm-hmm. who's actually gone to like school and has a degree in psychology, not someone mm-hmm. who's just you know walked in and said I want a gun and became a cop. Although in Canada, you do have to go through, you do need a bachelor's degree to become a cop, yeah, at least. So. But anyway, school. this isn't about cops. But yeah, and so. That the argument for that is that being a cop is not an essential component of this. Police have a history of hurting the queer community and haven't really done too much to support the queer community, especially when you get into the recent inter- altercations with the Hamilton police at uh, at the uh, Pride Parade of two years ago uh, in Hamilton. I think it was three years ago. It was when I was working for Pride. So I think it was two years ago. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the ongoing problems with the Toronto Police Department. Uh, these are all Canadian examples. I'm sorry. There's a lot of others around the world. Yeah. Um, but unlike, you know, doctors or nurses, there is, even then doctors, um, unlike nurses or like. Doctors who show up at Pride are there 
to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, they're probably they're not the ones who are going to say, oh, I, I don't know about prescribing uh, hormone, HRT. Yeah. I am. Uh, no, I don't do that. They're, those mm-hmm. those are not those doctors. Yeah, yeah. So that's fair. Like, you know, like people showing up at these pride parades in different careers are showing support. Um, cops need to do a little bit of the legwork to kind of earn trust. And that trust actually starts with doing work and changing how they conduct their business. Yeah. And also being um, fair to people in other um, underrepresented communities, not necessarily just the queer ones, because, you know. Yeah, because queer people come in all colors. Mm-hmm. And all color spectrum of the rainbow. Um, and, you know, and, you yeah. Know, so there's that there. Um, but also just like, you know, like, when you're at Pride, you're there to show support to the queer community. Mm-hmm. And cops who throw, who ostensibly throw tantrums over not being able to participate in the ward uh, with their ar- with ar- armed and in uniform are throwing a pride that they can't be a cop first. It's th- yeah. the, pri- the parade is not a showcase for your ego. Yeah. This is showing support for people who haven't been told consistently throughout history to not be proud of who they are. That's my argument. Yeah. And I mean, as far as the uniform thing goes, I actually have no problem if they're there in their dress blues. Like a lot of police departments have like um, non-armed kind of like white hat, almost look like Marines. Um, They have that for ceremonies and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like show up like that. I'm fine with that. Don't show up in body armor and right, bulletproof gear. vests yeah, and stuff don't don't do that patrol gear. it looks like you're showing up to start a problem uh but anyway not about cops but Can't. yeah so like uh the thing that just goes back to my head is that that first of all you can't police what other people wear you just mm. can't when you are in a public space you are sharing space with them and if they aren't breaking any laws they are allowed to be there again um, though the devil's advocate you can't police what people wear. We're making the argument cops can come, but they can't wear their uniforms. Hmm. Once again, it comes down to the fact that it's not even a matter of like, oh, you choose to be a cop because, you know, you, you ultimately you do choose to be involved in kink or not. Um, so then it's a matter just of like having sexual relationships, consensual sex relationships is probably more closer to the natural human experience than being a police officer. Here's my argument. Okay. The the argument is not we are policing what you're wearing because we do that every day. You're not allowed to walk down the street in a in a thong in most cities. You're not allowed to walk down the street in assless chaps in most cities. Like, do you, we, most women are not allowed to walk down the street with their breasts out. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do police what you can wear to some extent. So I don't think it's about policing what you can wear. I think it's about um, sort of saying that because these people, they're not saying, um, I don't want you wearing assless chaps. Mm-hmm. They're saying, I don't want you wearing a harness. I don't want you wearing leather pants. I don't want you wearing full head to toe rubber. No nudity. Mm-hmm. Like, because we do police what people wear when it comes to nudity. Mm-hmm. But this isn't a thing com- that comes to nudity. This is saying that your specific clothing... Is indicative is, of a certain sexual lifestyle. That is no more revealing than anything that I would see on a beach. Yeah. Is, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I really don't like the consent thing. Because I feel like when people say, I did not consent to see you dressed like that. Mm-hmm. That minimizes actual consent. 
like mm, sexual consent. Yeah. I really think it does. When we're trying to make the argument and, and failing in a lot of cases, and we keep trying to make the argument that, look, consent is important. If someone says no, then they mean no. Like when it comes to sex, when it comes to dating, like that kind of stuff, like consent is important. Mm -hmm. um, and when someone takes that argument and puts it on something as small as I don't like this man wearing jeans and a harness, then it's completely minimizing consent and basically saying, okay, well, consent means nothing then. I can see where you're coming from, definitely. Um, I do want to talk about how, like, a lot of the people, a lot of the detractors for this who do feel that um, kink should be removed from Pride seem to have been under the impression that kink is a community which does not accept consent, which does not follow the rules of consent. Um, and I think this goes back to your um, the component of how... Uh, the queer experience, the early queer experience, has been removed from social circles, has been removed from physical places, and moved into online spaces, which may or may not have moderation boards, as they are not moderation, as they are not technically public spaces. They are subject to what the owners of those spaces deem as acceptable. Yeah, they might be Facebook groups or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, and they, it's also like, I think a lot of people's image of kink. Mm -hmm. comes from 50 shades of gray exactly and that's in what which I, consent yeah. really is does mean nothing. fast and loose well, yeah and that's what i was getting at like if your only vision of kink culture came from 50 shades of gray came from a middle-aged british housewife writing erotica for herself and her friends yeah if that's where that was originally fan fiction of twilight of twilight of twilight um if that's where your conception of what kink is comes from, then I absolutely educate do, yourself. Yeah, well, and I do understand why you think it's terrible, but yes, educate yourself or at least let other people educate you because people are trying. But yeah. then again, it's just, but we don't live in a situation or a society where people, where it's acceptable to admit that you're wrong. And that's something that I have had to teach myself and something that I will sort of pat myself on the back at when someone has provided me with evidence to indicate that I am mistaken, I apologize. I say that I'm wrong and I change my behavior. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't live in that world. We live in a world where when you are wrong, you dig your heels in. Yeah. You argue harder. You you shout louder. You use all caps. You block someone. Yeah. Um, you don't admit that you're wrong because somehow that people feel that makes you less credible. Um, they, yeah. There's this vision of wokeness around um, English uh, culture anyway, uh, English speaking culture, where like... It's not something that you have to learn. You are or you are not. And hmm. I, I look at, we, we talk about it and we people are talk about it like it's something that you are um, without really realizing or acknowledging that nobody's born like that. Yeah. Very few people are born like that. And especially because the bar to be a woke person who lacks privilege is much higher than to be a woke straight man. It is so much easier to be woke if you are a straight white man. Because the bar is so much lower. Oh, because the bar is lower. Yeah. Okay, yeah. L yeah, like a straight white man who mm -hmm. just says, you know, trans women are women. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's he's fabulous. He's woke. Yeah. And God knows what else he thinks, but yeah. we don't but talk a, about that. But if a black trans woman of color comes out with a fucking dissertation... Sorry. Can we swear? I mean, not if we want to be monetized, but... <laughs> comes out with a dissertation on, like, you know... Um, Maybe we can get... Uh, capitalist theory. Like, you know, it's harder to kind of reach that high because there's this expectation that if you are of a certain kind of identity, you will have certain uh, in, internal elements of wokeness. Well, for instance, there, there are, you know, 
uh, Cat Black has mm-hmm. been called out on YouTube as not being woke because she has said that in her everyday life mm-hmm. as a trans woman, she passes quite mm-hmm. well and she just passes. She doesn't tell people, hi, my name is Cat. I'm trans. Like she just, you know, goes about her life mm-hmm. and she's been called out as being not woke because she's not, you know, trans activist 24 yeah, because the objective of her life isn't to advance trans rights in everything that she does. Yeah. Which whereas, that's exhausting. Whereas, you know, if Excuse a, me. um, uh, specifically a, a black man mm-hmm. was, you know, just in favor in general of trans people being able to use the right bathroom, <laughs> give them an award. Yeah. And so it, it, there is a huge double standard there. And mm-hmm. Cat Black is actually like, if you're someone who's listening to this and you want to be, you don't know about kink and you want to be educated about mm-hmm. kink, go to Cat Black's YouTube channel. Even if you don't want she to be involved. Done, like yeah, she... but you just want to get, you want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. She has done so many videos explaining the culture and the community of kink. Because it is a community. I didn't know anything yeah. about and now I do. Um, and it's so educational. Mm-hmm. and fun to she, watch she's, she's very funny. open she's very vulnerable about all these things and she's very informative yeah because like i there i am not shy about being into a lot of things when it comes to at least online sexual stuff you know not being conventionally attractive i don't have the opportunity to do a whole lot of things in person oh, um james but like so i am not shy about the things that i'm into kink was never just just something that never really appealed to me. I wasn't like, ew, gross, or oh my god, I would never do that. But it's like, it was never something that I was like, oh, that's sexy. But I understand why people find it sexy. I understand why people find it freeing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it seems counterintuitive to a lot of people, but a, for a lot of people, being the sub and kind of giving up control is mm-hmm. very freeing. Yeah, I and, I mean, like I, I I just said that I'm a sub who hates bottoming. I get it. Like I yeah. completely get it. And I think that. that might be a part of why these people are like, no, keep that away because they think, you know, it's a subdom dynamic. Mm-hmm. So obviously one of them is being hurt yeah, obviously, in some way. Like obviously the power dynamic is skewed. Like, no, in a in a consensual kink relationship, the submissive one technically has more power. Yeah, like this, that's how it functions yeah. because at any second they can call a safe word and call it off. Yeah, they can it say is, kumquat and it's it, done. <laughs> Um, I, uh, Banana. Uh, our friend Nick actually uh, is big into the uh, streetlight system. Red, green, yellow. Hmm, that makes sense. Um, green means go, go, go. go. Uh, yellow means not into that. Let's back let's back up a step and start f- from the fresh. And red means just red stop. means just like I need to stop. Yeah. And it's the role of the dominant one to kind of push buttons push that sub into out of their control territory out of their comfort zone and really kind of figure out where the line is drawn and readjust and try to readjust the line it's a game and yeah I'm, because if someone is like and you know i, me, I love know I, I love in, me some mind games because you know if it's if someone if a if a sub is like i don't know if i'm into this mm-hmm. then it's kind of the to, the the dom's job to kind of readjust and figure out okay how do i help them get into this mm-hmm. and then if it's just a i don't want to do it then mm-hmm. okay we'll do something yeah, else. yeah because it's not like the thing the, the things that you can do in kink are limited yeah and it's the, not well, like it's just blindfolds and cat of nine tails like yeah, there's a lot and, and i want to be clear like calling a safe word doesn't mean you stop talking to your dom like they, I well, think yeah it doesn't I think mean there's okay, obsession, we're done. like okay like oh you called a safe word well 
what? I'm not good enough for you. Fine. Bye. Um, <laughs> calling a safe word. I see start guys doing that. <laughs> calling a safe Leaving word a from everything I've, I've heard about like proper Dom sub relationships is you call a safe word. Dom's like, oh crap. I'm sorry. What do you need? Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it immediately ends sexual encounters and enters aftercare immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can call it any time. It's non-judgmental in proper circles. Granted, there are instances where this is abused, just like in non-king communities. Where and I mean, that can be, you know, and <coughs> like in Cat Black's video, she has talked about, you know, that there are king communities, there are parties, mm-hmm. excuse me, there are parties and things like that that will happen and there is a very the community is aware of who who is, is bad yeah and they will tell you like if you're new to the community don't mm-hmm. go with him mm-hmm. like that kind of thing and i think that's really good because you don't get that in the general gay community mm-hmm. like you pop on grinder for the first time there's no one there who's like hey this guy don't well that's this is another thing if you are young um and freshly discovered that you're queer you head to a gay bar um, you see a guy leaning against the bar who's wearing a leather teddy and a pop hood. Um, a leather teddy. I don't know. What's a leather teddy? Uh, a teddy is like a, um, you know, those like flowing, like almost see-through mesh. Yeah, sure. He's wearing one of those. I like <laughs> it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> With the frills at the bottom. Yep. Yep. He's wearing one of those and a pop hood and he's just totally jacked. Um, okay. Uh, dream guy. Dream daddy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like sounds like a Sims creation. You probably and you go there enough. You probably are gonna end. <laughs> Sims creation. I hate to do that. Um, you're pro and if you go there enough. Oh God, Sims Four. The next release is the Kink Edition. Like pop, oh pop like pop hoods. Yes. There's definitely a mod for that. Do a woohoo. There's new full nudity mods. There's a whole bunch of mods. But like you know, like I want a Maxis approved Kink Sims thing because it's all people already play the Sims just to make them sex all the time. Woohoo. The time. Um, woohoo. But <laughs> this is an E-rated game. Actually, I think it's T. Um, Probably. But like, what was I doing? Yeah, I made a porn the, set. He's mine, he's so. um he's leaning against the bar. You know, when the first time you go in, you maybe you don't talk to him the first time, but if you keep going, chances are you're probably gonna end up talking to well, him. Well, like eventually. if he catches your attention, mm-hmm. you might not talk to him the first night because you yeah. might be like, Ugh. yeah. But eventually, you're gonna if you keep going, you're gonna cross circles. You're gonna end up at the same table. You're gonna end up at the same like after party. Do gay bars uh, have tables? Sometimes. Depends on if it's a club, a bar, a ball. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, different establishments. A ball is not a gay bar. I, I want to make that clear. Oh, yeah. That I is know. not yeah, a club. Yeah. That is not. If you're going to a ball, that's a. you're going to watch a performance. Yeah, a ball is a specific event, not a reoccurring establishment. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that. Um, I watched the first episode post. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you are so educated. Uh, max, maximum queer. Um. um. So, but yeah, you're going to eventually talk to this person. Or even if you don't talk to them, you'll talk to someone who mm-hmm. does talk to them and you'll yeah. find out about them. Yeah, you're going to learn about this person from the fact that it, you either learn about the people in this community or you don't show up. Yeah. But the thing is with Grinder, you can choose to ignore and even block the people who have components of their profile that you do not like. Yeah, they're just not on your radar. Yeah. And, and, and so that's, you that's don't, what I'm talking about. Yeah. You are curating... <clears throat> the queer experience that you want to have. And Mm -hmm. that means that you're not having the queer experience because you don't, if you're at a gay club or if you're at a club and there's, you know, the guy in the leather harness and the assless chaps and cowboy boots and the big mustache and stuff who you're kind of put off by, not necessarily by how he looks, but you're just Mm -hmm. like, 
oh god like he's into that stuff Mm -hmm. that's dangerous i'm scared of that and then you see the guy who's you know like nice button down shirt Mm -hmm. clean shaven super handsome he's the psycho yeah he's the one he's (laughs) the the one who's gonna american psycho you the guy in the assless assless chaps probably runs an animal shelter or something but yeah yeah it's gonna like cuddle you or something there's a thing about people who engage in that lifestyle explicitly they seem to be so much more authentic people because they have less shame it's the people with the you know slicked slicked hair and button-up shirts that have something to hide the people with like the full porn mustache and the leather vest and the leather pants like they're not hiding anything in fact they want to reveal more um, yeah and that's, that's what they came here to do and you know that's culturally um you know th- i see this as being a symptom that there is something more wrong in our community than just policing what people are do or do not wear mm-hmm. because you mentioned i i wanted to touch on this earlier but I, i'm glad we touch on it now you mentioned that you're like why is this happening now and this yeah, isn't I think that might be you know, why this is happening now, but this is very suspicious that it's happening at the same time. Not even so suspicious, but just very saddening that the loudest queer debate had right now is about policing what people wear, um, specifically to events that they have been part of since the dawn of their conception. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time that the vast majority of states are having incredibly predatorial anti-trans laws literally being passed. Um, not even up for debate, they are being passed. Laws which prevent... Some of te- which are being filibuster or, or stopped by the governor and then f- forced through by super majorities mm-hmm. in, in the mm-hmm. state houses. Yeah, and these, these, these bills are ones that dictate the minimum age that someone can be before they transition. In some places, is up to 27 years of age. What? Uh, yeah, I heard that. Um, I don't know if it got adjusted or anything. Where the hell is that? I don't, I don't know. What is 27? Uh, another one is, is uh, parent... Parents who allow their children, uh, I have seen le- that. legal minors, to transition will have their children removed from th- removed yep. from them. I've seen that removed. Um, another Which one is, is it's just that that the, the exact same thing is people who uh, gay men and women who had children, uh, bio- their own biological children, and then they came out and they got divorced, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. and they got custody of the kids, and then the state found out they were gay or lesbian. The kids could be taken away. Not not anymore. I don't think. Um, Sir, I think I think some of those bills have come back in state in those states too. I, I know they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like the big question about this is why are we two white a guy and a fellow um, having a debate about kink at pride when we could be devoting our energy to talking about these other more important issues? And my question is, who threw the first stone? Who threw the first stone in this debate? Was it the puppies? No, it was not. Yeah. The puppies were just doing their business. Um, which was each other. Um, I was, I was, I was thinking poop. <laughs> like, oh, I hope he brought a, a, a doggy back. That, if that showed up at a pride parade, I would say that's a bridge too far. Yeah, that's um, a bit much. And that, that's the thing. Scat gets as, as long as these people are covering their indecent bits, wearing nothing more than you would essentially wear at a sw- at a beach party. Yeah, if you can wear it at a beach, you can wear it in a pride parade. Yes, thank you. Yeah bumper sticker um <laughs> tombstone <laughs> uh and so that's that that's that that's a great rule um people don't don't usually wear riot gear on beaches but you know yeah um <laughs> uh, you never know so like why are we talking about these issues as long as they they can grind they can you know do sexual things as long as they are not 
dicks out, penetrating, involved in visceral sexual activity, it's not illegal. Yeah, and even some pride parades, not necessarily pride parades, but why the pride is ha- the parade is happening, stuff like that does happen in some cities. Mm-hmm. And the cities know that, and they basically create sections to be like, okay, this is where you can live. Yeah. And um, like the whole the Wholesome with Street Folsom, Fair. The Wholesome Street <laughs> Fair. <laughs> The Folsom Street Fair, um, like that's a fair base. It's it's for kink. You go you go to the street. You get let in. They check your ID. Well, it's not just for kink because <laughs> a lot of people at Folsom are just naked. Yep, and they they, they will start fucking. Yeah, in the street. There's it's plenty fantastic. of videos of it. Um, and yet those are walled off. They check your ID. You can't get in if you're too young. Um, they do their best to keep minors out. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with a you know. A a teenager this is my neck that was my next part so yeah go ahead i'm really excited to talk about this like i don't think there's anything wrong with a teenager discovering pup play or kink or Mm -hmm. anything like that because then maybe they're not into it maybe they are but then that's broadening their sexual horizons because then you don't have someone feeling like i have these sexual urges Mm -hmm. why am i a broken Mm -hmm. person because you know the shakira song try everything well yeah because then you know no, it's it's fine to want to do this stuff. And, and Lots of moreover, people do it. Lots of people in your city consen- do it. Consensual sexual activities do not hurt anyone. Yeah, that's and the, the thing. More that you talk about. Look, if we educated people on kink mm-hmm. and said, like, so here's the thing with kink: consent is number one. Yeah, you know the 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 stoplight system. You mm-hmm. know, red, yellow, green, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Kumquat. Then people, what? Kumquat. Yeah. Um, then people would understand what consent is better oh, girls would understand yep. yes i can say no mm-hmm. i can okay. i can be making out with I a guy like and say you know what i don't want to go further than this stop yeah and the guy understands that when the safe world is word is called you stop i like that argument i wouldn't have come at it from that direction i really like it though my argument is let's have a sexual revolution of course you know i have to make the straight argument <laughs> Let, let's have the let's keep going with the sexual revolution that started in the 70s and got interrupted by aids we have been living in this Which kink ups- actually increased in popularity during aids because of the lack of penetrative sex hmm. kink became really really big hmm. during aids um, which we would know, which you would know if you all went to James's channel and watched his video on um, porn documentary, making it big. No, I don't talk about that in that. I talk about um, that in yeah. um, deep cuts in the Hellraiser section. Right. Okay. Watch deep cuts. I talk, um, I talk about everything. Don't watch the porn one. It's not monetized. Uh, <laughs> no, watch the porn porn one and learn something. This is what I have to live with. It's like, don't put it in a video if, it's, if we're not going to make make money off it. I'm like, no, people need to learn. Um, <laughs> That's what the podcast is for. <laughs> I just, we can say fuck here. <laughs> uh, James after hours. Uh, <laughs> but, um, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with sex and telling people that they should not be in public because of a public display of how they express their sexuality without having sex, actually having sex. That's telling people that sex is shameful. Yeah, because there's plenty sex of is people not shameful. But who get off this... at looking at someone who is decked out from head to toe in J. Crew and mm-hmm. thinking, that bank account. <laughs> But yeah, I wanted to get... You can't tell me that money is not a fetish. I wanted to get... Talking about the Puritanism of our society and dismantling Puritanism, dismantling post-Puritanism, which is vaguely masculine, which is called Puritanism, but it's actually uh, heterophilia. Um, It is a 
philia, which means a love of all things hegemonistic. Anyway, um, and it works because hetero means same. You're you, you're arguing for no change. No, hetero means different. Homo means same. Shit, you're right. Okay, whatever. Um, it is wrong. Stop trying to English. Hegemonophilia. I don't know. I don't know. You're um, making up words. You can do that with English. It's okay. I have an English. English. No I, other language. I have that. an English degree. Actually, I've heard that from people who speak other languages. They're like, I don't understand how English works because you guys make up words. Like, <laughs> what the crap is a baconator? Like, <laughs> how, how would that? Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Why we, we're in, we, we are in a country why did they which call it a baconator. We are in because you can do that with English words. You can like take certain. Well, parts I know, of one but word. you're taking bacon and Terminator. That's that's like yeah, it's going to kill you. You're going to have a heart attack. I mean, that's probably the intention of projecting. But yeah, like that's why like we live in a country where you have two different languages on movie titles, and that's why things are so much shorter in English because you can make up words. And words are more applicable that's to mean true. certain things. And that's why for like... I spent the last an year English, and a half at An a English job. title with like two words will require a French title of like seven. Which is weird because there are some French titles that are shorter than English words. But that's rare. Like I spent the last year and a half at a job <laughs> that I'm no longer at. But that I had to do a lot of translation work from English to French. And everything just got so much longer. The website. In oh my gosh. Like, oh my God. But, but yeah, like, I've, I'm trying to, I'm sorry, I'm getting tangentially distracted. Um, kink. Why? Puppies. Kink puppies. Dildo. Uh, Double consent, penetration. Uh, Puritanism. Right. Talking about the concept of why these harmful, uh, why we're talking about kink at pride when we're not talking about these harmful transgender laws. Yeah. And that's because Puritanism tells us that sexual purity is as important or more important than physical harm, than physical well-being, mental well-being, mental health. Sexual purity is paramount in this kind of puritan culture and that's why it's important to dismantle it because these issues affecting trans people affecting real people in very uh, horrible ways it's, it will always be secondary next to someone's wiener it's the think of the children argument mm -hmm. it, that's the problem uh, but it, it applies we, to sex not to trans kids being ripped from their parents i know but the, I, I know what you're saying. I'm just, I'm passionate. Think of the children as a statement is think of the straight white children. Mm -hmm. um, don't expose them to anything else. And that that's what it really means. Um, and it's, you know, th oh, think of the children. If the gays get married, think of the children. No, mm -hmm. The gays got married. Nothing happened. Yeah. Oh, if the gays are allowed in the military, think of no nothing happened. Nothing happened. Oh, if the gays are allowed to, you know, be on TV, think of the children, nothing happened. If the transes are allowed in their bathroom of choice, think of the children, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Like, Joan. <laughs> we had a discussion today talking about it's so weird that Rowling is against transgender bathroom rights when like the entire second Harry Potter book. <laughs> it's just men going into a woman's bathroom. Though. Goddamn books. Harry saves the day because he goes into a girl's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like the although whole... although you know, fifty years earlier, a man had a man had gone into the girl's bathroom and killed a woman. Jesus Christ, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. She's been doing this for a very long time. <laughs> She's got practice. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like 
it's taking these real problems will always take a second seat next to purity values yeah and these same laws the reason that these laws are being passed in the first place is because of this puritan culture so that's why i get set when people say like we shouldn't be talking about can't get pride we should just do what people want and focus on these other things like no it's the same root cause in society that is causing these problems it's the same root cause but i completely understand why a trans person would look at everyone saying oh my god why are you saying we can't have kink at pride and kind of being like trans kids are killing themselves Mm -hmm. there are more important things to pay attention to because there are but the thing is is that kind of i have a suspicion but i don't know if this is true or not so you know i think this is a straw man created by straight people to distract from actual issues no (laughs) i mean that's kind of what i've been hinting at the entire time like like because there are actual issues that we need to pay attention to like trans rights and stuff don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain yeah like these things are happening and they're important and people are paying attention to them Ooh, we can't have them paying attention to that let's make a dumb argument no kink at pride but they're important and fighting for queer values separates us from the hetero hegemony whereas fighting against quink kink quink um <laughs> fighting against kink and fighting against our twink. and fighting against ourselves uh feeds into the hetero values although there are, are good queers who want what the straight well, yeah want. there's the good queers yeah. and the bad queers and the bad yeah. queers want to do this and the good queers they just want to walk down the street with their rainbow like, shirt the, I don't, I don't want to get into comparing queer issues to issues within the black community, but yeah. this reminds me very much of how, you know, like you had the discussion of black on black crime. Yeah. Um, the, the idea that there were bad black people who are doing crime against good black people. You like, don't hear about white on white crime. No. It, it, and the whole argument was like more black people are killed by other black people every year than by yeah. white people. Yeah. And so that takes the onus off of white supremacists to actually, you know, do something about that. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the same tactic. It's a divide and conquer having certain elements of a minority community aligned with purity values and other elements of the community aligned with, um, a hegemonistic, anti-hegemonistic, and individualist values. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, like, um, having kink at pride will fix all of these trans uh, legal problems, the, the legal problems. Uh, that makes well, it sound like they're They are problem. legal problems. I know, but that, that makes it sound, like, diminutive. Like, these aren't legal problems. These are, This life. is a legal crisis. It's a life crisis. Yeah. And so, like... Because what these people having... don't realize is, okay, you're passing a law. So you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just passing a law. Someone mm-hmm. can get a lawyer. They can fight it, whatever. But that law is not something that a trans kid looks at and says, this is something I can fight. They're In a lot like, of cases, oh, I'm done. literally I'm is a matter of life or death. And so, like, ha- saying just like, okay, we need to have kink at pride, topics over, like, that won't fix that. But the thing is... It wasn't the kink community that threw the first stone at this. They are fighting for their right to inclusion, uh, for the inclusion that they have always had, for the inclusion they have fought for us to have in the community. And I, I don't like that this debate is even had in the first place. I don't either. I don't, and that's the thing. And, is th- that and that's if, what I'm trying to get across is that, yes, this is the same root cause, but this is a debate that does not need to happen because there are more important things. Yeah, because like, let me be clear, kink should be allowed a pride. Mm-hmm. There, like, there's no like. Well, maybe we shouldn't let it at Pride, and that way we can talk about the trans stuff. No, no. Drop the issue. It's mm-hmm. a dumb issue. Kink at Pride mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah. This does not need to be spoken of. So the argument here is: stop take, talking about kink at Pride and stop talking about these things. Take 
the air away from the fire and it will go away. Yeah. Stop paying attention to the idiots saying that kink at pride is bad. Mm-hmm. Starve them of attention and they will go away because your attention needs to be redirected. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I know this is, if you ignore them, it will go away. And I know this is an argument that we're having while we're talking in a podcast directed directly at these people. Um, but what I think people? this, the people who are targeting kink at pride, like it seems a bit, you counter- think those people watch my YouTube channel. That's true. Um, <laughs> So yeah, telling people who support this to just stop engaging and start letting just people who are kinky be at pride, like, that's fine. Um, If I were, like, I don't know, like, I think we've come to a few conclusions that we haven't really voiced in our discussions about this before, and I'm really into that because we kind of, like, have been evolving our own arguments about this. What? That's your kink. What's my kink? Evolving discussions. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) People of the Discord can probably attest to that. (laughs) I, I know Nick can attest to that. Um, my friend Nick and I will probably tell you a bit more when we get uh, on here. Like, uh, we used to do a thing where we would over text. I would narrate him in different erotic situations and we'd call it story time. Um, not, not phone sex, just story time. Well, it's because it wasn't phone sex. I was narrating him. There was no uh, back and forth. In a sexual position. Well, there was back and forth because he would feed into it and kind of suggest ideas, but it would be okay. him. It would either be choose your him, own adventure story. Yes, choose your own adventure adventure sex story. Um, <laughs> it was great fun. That, um, why has nobody done that? I should be paid for it because I am good at it. Well, write it. I I I I have it all actually saved in the note in on my computer's notepad. Like no, I mean like literally like write a choose your own adventure book and publish it. I have a few ideas for choose your own adventure stories. Only some of them are erotic. But that's what I mean, like erotic ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Under a pen name or whatever. <clears throat> or not, because I don't give a crap. Erotica and YA might kind of blow up in your face. We talked about a way to sort of reintroduce the idea of new perspectives into younger people. And we kind of are passing around the idea of how would you write a YA that involves kink? Yeah. I, I, I mentioned to you a few days ago, and I've been thinking about it since. Hmm. Like, I think my story, the... Um, uh, gay sad boys that could be one because you've read like i ac- it was supposed to be ya but it accidentally got really sexy uh you remember reading it right no you never gave you know we were no that was the one that uh nick was over and i read it to him because i wanted his opinion yeah and you were like did... what's the fuss like yeah and but i've i i read a scene i didn't read the the book okay well yeah i haven't showed anyone the book but i did write the scenes but like you know but yeah um so kink at pride basically Kink should be allowed to pride. There are much bigger issues. And in my opinion, just starve the anti-kink people of attention and they will go away. Because they're they're just doing it for attention. I... Mm. Make a fuss, yeah. Yeah, because like, I feel like they've been cooped up for the last year and a half and now they the vaccines and stuff are getting out and so they 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 need to make some kind of a statement mm-hmm. and i don't know why they chose kink at pride to be the statement um well it's because like you and, know. and there's lots of people who you know they they have valid reasons for being uncomfortable with stuff but that's why at most pride parades, there's people you can go talk to, like yeah. counselors and stuff yeah. like that, because there's going to be stuff that maybe you're uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, 
That's your problem. Well, and, and I mean, like, it, it, it sounds very dismissive, but it's your problem to fix, not the community's. Mm. Uh, ultimately, that is part of what being in a public space means. Means that, you know, if no one is breaking a law, people can express themselves however they want. Yeah. It isn't someone else's responsibility um, to make sure that you are comfortable with what they're seeing. Because th keep in mind, if you are a gay person who is not comfortable with kink, 20 years ago, there were, are a plethora of straight people who would have been uncomfortable to see you hold hands with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, and to um, a much more extreme um, example, if you are someone who is uncomfortable with kink and you don't want it around you, mm -hmm. think of every person of color in the United States that has to see a Confederate flag bumper sticker. Oh, I didn't see you. I didn't expect you to go in that direction, but that's that's interesting. I was going to think like, you know, like even the ongoing way that uh, pe that cis people, bigoted cis people are uncomfortable with trans people and say that they should not be in these public spaces. You can exist, oh, well. just don't be in these spaces. Like Yeah, that as well. But I just mean like something that is so hateful that it, 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 it literally is the emblem of your lack of freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's on, you know, 50% of pickup trucks. And I think it just really shows, like I kind of said much earlier in the podcast, that, you know, this is coming from a privileged element in the queer community. Like, having privilege means that you have the ability to be outraged at minor inconveniences. Yeah. Like, and really, seeing someone's public display of sexuality is a minor inconvenience because you know it is a super minor like you said take your kid to the mall you better cover their eyes when you walk past the victoria secret secord display shot front display victoria secord no victoria secret that's chocolate victoria secret don't take them to downtown new york don't take them to times square with mm -hmm. giant calvin klein underwear ads yeah like that is way more revealing than most kink stuff. And often the photography is much more sexually implicit. Way more sexually explicit mm -hmm. than, than... Not explicit, but implicit. There's a Than like, a guy walking yeah. down the street in leather chaps and a harness. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just walking down the street. He's just a guy. Yeah, but he like... He is you know, not being specifically lit to titillate you. Yeah, it, yes. The entire purpose of these underwear ads is to make the model sexy so that you will feel sexy by buying them. Yeah. <sighs> then you buy them and you never do. Except for yeah. the people who actually do on Twitter, and I just hate them. I block them. I mean, like, we need... I'm starting to see it. We are reclaiming beauty standards from ripped muscle people. It's moving more towards normal people, I'm seeing. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because I think I can get to normal, but I can't get to ripped. Honestly, like, when it comes to OnlyFans, they are way more interesting to follow. Because people who are, like, n like ripped and like beautiful and everything they're just boring boring they, don't they all really, look the same they don't really produce any interesting content because they feel they don't need to because they're just pretty like yeah they just post pictures of themselves yeah anyway um, really unfortunate trend is when like people get to a state of only fans famous called it only famous um where i coined it here um where they start just promoting other people they're friends with and they don't actually post on the original oh, yeah. content. That's awful. Oh, yeah, yeah, OnlyFans. But anyway, um, <laughs> this <laughs> has been the latest episode of A Thousand Tiny Tantrums. We had quite a I few of them we, tonight. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we can clock up a few more. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for listening. Um, this will be every Monday, every week, for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. A new episode of the podcast will come out 
So well, we do the online stuff, streaming. Yeah, yeah three, every yeah. Monday the podcast will come out, and mm-hmm. then once a month there will be a live show mm-hmm. um, where we'll be on camera and talking back and forth with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff will all be organized and blah. It'll all taking, be taking questions and giving virtual hugs to the homies. Yeah. Um, so again, thank you so much for listening. If you have some agreements or disagreements, please feel free to drop them in the comments below. Get this new, get the podcast channel up in subscribers. Um, so until next week's podcast, which will be the first properly numbered podcast since like January. Yeah, we've had some stuff going on. Sorry, folks. Uh, my name is James. I'm Nick. And thank you for listening. Bye.